0: hallelujah thank you everyone for joining us today Uh, what a tribute to the courage of our healthcare professional and I think that video uh, gives us a little window into what is going on on the front line I am very very proud of our healthcare professionals in agape house of worship Uh, We have between 30 and 40 of them who are, who work in various aspects uh, as nurses, you know, uh, nurse practitioners, doctors, uh, lab technicians. I mean, we work, who are the front line of this crisis. Uh, They are like military, you know, in warfare, because this is biological warfare. So we just really want to bless God for their lives. And we are praying for you. We just want to know. I just want the church to also know, you know, that uh, this is, we have family members at the forefront, like thousands and thousands of people all over the world, and let's keep them in our prayer. Welcome again. I want you to please do me a favor. Please share this. Uh, One of the great things we can do is to flood the airwaves with the message of hope, love, and God's power. So if you are watching me, you know, just take your phone and share it on your Facebook, Instagram, Uh, you can email it to your friend, you can start a watch party. Uh, Just add one more person to join you to watch the service. I think that way we can multiply the effect of what is going on now. Uh, So thank you very much. I have a few announcements to make before I go into the word of God. I believe God is doing great things in our lives, all right? Uh, So if you have testimonies, don't keep it to yourself. I got a wonderful testimony yesterday from one of our sisters and I'm gonna read it. She said, I'm sharing this testimony because I raised this need as a prayer point, 21 days of prayer and fasting, all right? And uh, she was believing God for a job. Uh, Can you believe that even in this pandemic? Uh, she received a job a job interview she was she got a job interview uh, and a uh, how people prayed with me uh, for me and today there's a testimony this also brings uh, to mind God's word that says when others say there is a casting down we declare there is a lifting up hallelujah so on february 18 i received a message concerning a job opportunity in my linkedin The phone interview process was scheduled. I was scheduled to have a physical interview with four other individuals right before COVID-19. Since the crisis was, you know, in, in the rise, it became a video conference. God took control, it was over. To cut the long story short, I got offered the job with amazing benefit, way beyond my expectation. I am still in amazement as to how God gave me such a testimony. In the middle of this crisis, that's a wonderful testimony from our, one of our sisters. Uh, so let's keep it coming. If God is doing something in your life, send it to testimony at agapehouse.nj.org. Amen. I also want to do something very, very interesting. If you're watching us online, all right, please take a picture of yourself watching with your family. Uh, yeah, you might be under your blanket, that's okay. Uh, you might, you know, sit down with your family and you're watching together. This will encourage us, uh, you know, to just see and encourage other people to know that, you know, we're a church in different locations. And send that email to onlinechurch at Online Onlinechurch at I think that will be a wonderful thing. Also, if you're worshiping with us for the first time, all right, you're joining us online for the first time, I mean, we can still be a blessing to you, we want to connect with you. As a matter of fact, I have someone here that I saw online, I'm going to try and bring it, bring God, uh, who who said I'm joining for the first time. The screen name is Chrissy, Chrissy, God bless you, Uh, thank you for joining us online. I want you to send your address. I mean, we actually like to mail you something. Don't worry. It will be clean. It will be, it will be you know, nothing. It will be, whatever is mailed to you will be clean, sanctified. We like to mail you some of our material. We have a gift for you uh, just for washing with us for the first time. Lastly, I want to shout out to all my children, kids watching at home. God bless you. I want the parent clap for your kids that they are watching with you, uh, kids. I like to know you're watching me, so I want you to take notes, and you can email me your notes, all right? Email me your no- the note of my message, all right? I'm actually going to give you a gift if you write the best notes. Uh, just email it to me, pastor at agapehousenj.org, all right? I want to make sure, you know, we are connecting with our kids. Amen and amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We honor you today. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your tender mercy. Thank you because you are present. You can walk through the airwaves. You've always done that. You've always moved, you know, even when no one is seeing you. Uh, So, Lord, I just ask that you come into that living room, that bedroom, that hospital, that office space. I pray in Jesus' name you will visit everyone watching. You will touch them by your power, and your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Amen. I have a message that I have to share that the Lord put in my heart. Uh, I just call it, never waste a crisis. Never waste a crisis. You know, Christianity has been handling epidemics for more than 2,000 years. Uh, Even before Jesus came, the people of God have always handled plagues, famine, epidemics, and things like that. Even after Jesus and the church was formed, uh, there have been several times when the church went through this crisis. And in fact, you know, dark times in the world has always been uh, the better, the best time for the church of God. All right, some of the finest moments of Christianity has always been the dark times in the world. All right, so I have no doubt, even in our church, Agape House of Worship, I believe I am seeing one of the finest moments of our church and of our people. And that speaks to the wisdom of God. I want to first of all give you a summary of what I believe, uh, the the, the way the church, uh, the people of God have responded adequately and accurately to crisis, to epidemics, to, you know, pandemics, uh, whatever you can call it. It was called plague in, uh, in the Old Testament a lot. Uh, and it, was, it can also be called war and things like that. Difficult moment like this. How the people of God have always responded. There are three things, and I've shared many of them. I'm just going to summarize them. There are three things that are very common. Number one is humility and prayer. Humility and prayer. That's how people have responded. Second Corinthians chapter seven, verse fourteen. You've heard it talked about over and over again. If you start from verse thirteen, he says, "When I shut, that, shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, that's talking about drought. Or command locusts to devour the land, that's pestilence. Or send a plague among the people. You know." yes in the old testament this these things were attributed to god and like i shared last week this is not attributed to god like it could be because god withdraws himself but the enemy is behind these things but the bible says in verse 14 if my people who are called by my name i want you to notice that my people are responsible who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then i will hear from heaven and we forgive their sin and heal their land so as people of god as all they have always uh seen themselves as responsible for the solution right it doesn't matter where it comes from but we own the solution and one of the things we must do is to humble ourselves this is not the time to pontificate this is not the time to point out who has done something wrong who is a sinner who is not no this is a time for humility all right humble ourselves you know and pray repent turn from our wicked ways god said i will forgive their sins and i will heal their land this is how god's people have always responded the second thing I told you i'll give you three things the second thing which i want you to notice is is love and generosity the people of god have always responded with love and generosity and i'm going to give you series of instances in in the book of exodus you know you know, the children of Israel were in the wilderness, and things were difficult. Things were difficult. There was no food. There was no water. You know, God said, I am going to supply. But one of the conditions God gave to them is nobody must hoard. all right? There must be no hoarding. That means God is saying that being selfish, you know, is not the response I expect from my people. In fact, this is the time to be more generous. So, look at what God told them. And the Bible says, when they measured it by the Omar, the one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. You know, God told them, I don't want you to gather more, I don't want you to hodge. All right. I know it seems natural you know, to just focus on you, to care about you, to order everything you want to, but this is not the time. In fact, this is the time to think of others. In fact, you know in that story, some people actually said they gathered more manna than they were supposed to gather. And what happened? It got rotten. You know, so I pray that will not be your portion. But as a believer, this is a this speaks to our mindset that as believers we need to think of others. The people of God has all they have always responded by loving and by being more generous. In Romans chapter 15, verse 26, we read the account of farming in Jerusalem. At this point, we according to church history, there was farming. It was a time of famine in Jerusalem. And what did the people of God do? The Macedonian, the Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor amongst the Lord's people in Jerusalem. So what did they do? You know, they said, you know what, this is a time to be generous. This is a time to reach out to those who are suffering, to those who are in need. And when you look at the church history, even since then... And I was, I've, been, you know, I've been reading about church history, there was a period in, in, uh, in, 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 in 166, this is in the second century, it was called Antonine Plague, all right, Antonine Plague, in, uh, this happened in the Roman Empire. This was said to kill a quarter, 25% of everyone in the Roman Empire, were killed were destroyed by this plague in fact the plague was likened to something like ebola you know and it killed so many people during this time now this led to the spread of christianity i want you to remember this is just 166 years after the death of jesus christ christianity was still very unpopular it was still viewed with suspicions it was still a very very you know you know they were still a persecuted church for the most part But what did the christian do instead of them to blame people who have been persecuting them don't forget most of people dying they didn't say oh it's because of your sin no in fact it led to the spread of christianity why because christian began to care for the sick they began to offer spiritual model where plagues were not the work of angry and capricious deities, but the product of a broken creation in revolt against a loving God. So Christians are not supposed to go around and talk about, you know, people saying This is not the time. For people suffering now, that is not what they need. All right? This is, this is time that people say, you know what, we need to reach out. So Christians began to reach out. In fact, during that moment, when I read the history, you know, because of the The nature of the sickness that was contagious, everybody was running away. But believers took precautions necessary, but they were not going to leave people to die, because what they did during that time was to just leave the people on the streets. This was a primitive time. If you were sick, they put you on the streets to die. And believers said, no, 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 this is not going to happen. We are going to go. And even in modern times, we've seen something like that. We've seen Samaritan Purse, for example, during Ebola crisis, actually went to Africa, and some of them even got sick, you know, of the Ebola. Some of the doctors, you know, but that brought the finest moment that we are not just people who live for ourselves; we are people who look for others. So, time of crisis is not the time to really focus on us to be selfish, to only care for ourselves. It's not a time to be careless either. But we should not just focus on self-preservation, all right? We are careless because we believe we can be a blessing to others, and we reach out. The last story I want to give up on around 1527, it is called, It is during the time of bubonic plague. Many of us have read, you know, bubonic plague. You know, it was a very, very troubled times also. You know, Martin Luther, who was the head of the Lutheran church, you know, he was advised to actually leave the, the, the area, to move out, because people were fleeing, people were leaving, and he had an opportunity to actually run away. He refused the call to flee the city and protect himself. He stayed to minister to the sick. In fact, many people believe this attempt cost him his daughter's life. You know but that's how believers genuine believers they have responded in fact martin luther provides us a clear articulation of the christian epidemic response how christians should respond to epidemic you know and i you know i i, I write it down here i actually got it from here he said christian doctors cannot abandon their hospitals christian governors cannot flee their districts christian pastors cannot abandon their congregation and look at what he said the plague does not dissolve our duties it turns them into crosses on which we must be prepared to die that is the one of the leading fathers of faith martin luther as christians we don't just say you know we don't just say you know i just want to run away i mean i thank god for our doctors they are not running away Many of them have sent us pictures of them in the hospital, risking their lives. They are not just saying this is the time to check out and move away. No, Christian doctor, one of our sisters—I mean, who is a cancer person—I actually shared this with her last night. You know, she she's been out doing her duty, delivering food to the poor, and you know, and she obviously, you know, because of that, she's gotten close to people who are you know who are who tested positive, and she's afraid. And I said, you know what, you must take precaution, but this is not the time to run away. As a child of God, this is a time to stay on our duty post. I'm so excited because I have seen the finest of our church. I've seen us responded in those two areas, right? We've risen up to pray. We've been having daily prayer, and if you have not been joining us, this is a time to truly be a believer. Join that prayer line. Yeah, you may not be affected now, you know, but some people are being affected. So don't say, you know what, I'm just going to stay in my house. I'm going to be careful. You know, I'm not going to care about others. No, 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 no. This is, that is not the heart of a believer. The minimum you can do is to jump on those prayer lines. And even on your personal life and say i'm praying for those people you know who are sick i'm praying for the leaders our president our local government officials our doctors and nurses you know we're praying you know for others that's very important i've also seen the generosity of our members you know by god's grace you know we've you know our members have been generous generous in their giving even to the church generous in their giving to one another Two days ago, one of our brothers just called our house and said, you know, I'm in the store. Call my wife and say, Pastor, what do you need? You know, and got us something. And, you know, that's generosity. You know, and let me tell you, generosity is not always about money. You know, you know there are things you can do. Maybe you even lost your job. You know, yes, people who have, who have lost their job, they will enjoy the financial generosity of people who have job. But you may not have a job now you can reach out to people that doesn't mean that you are lacking encouragement that doesn't mean you can pick up your phone and call people randomly and just check how they are doing and pray for them i mean a number of people have checked out on me you know doing this season more than ever before i mean i got a text from one of our younger ladies yesterday and said pastor i just want to check how you're doing i was so pleasantly surprised i mean so that's 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 a form of generosity Being generous with praying for others, being generous with reaching out to others, asking how they are doing. So everyone can be generous during this season. Hallelujah. Very, very important. You know what? Prayer, generosity brings the presence of God. And the presence of God is what breaks the power of the devil. When the angel of god is uh, angel of the angel of death is moving around which is doing now we respond as believers not by running away no we respond by deploying the presence of god how do we do that on our knees as we humble ourselves to pray and by being generous this is the time to really extend ourselves and give our life to others hallelujah so we all can be generous during this moment number three faithfulness to the preaching of the gospel all right we don't run away from preaching of the that's why we are still bringing this word you know coming out and do this in the morning I mean I mean uh, during this season it's faithfulness you know and I want you to do the same that's why I encourage you to share people need it don't say you know what I don't care I'm just watching no 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 share it with someone if you haven't shared this is a time to do it again. I mean, this is a time to text someone, you know, the link. Are you watching? I need you to watch. All right. Faithfulness to the preaching of the gospel. One of the plans of the enemy is to stop the preaching of the gospel. You know, is to stop, is to make sure we are not. But I believe the enemy has failed because more people are open now, more people are hearing the gospel, but we have to take it seriously. I want to take you to the book of Acts, Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8, verse 3, the church was under attack. The church couldn't meet anymore. Why? Because of persecution, right? It's a persecution, physical persecution. The Bible says in verse 3, Saul began to destroy the church. Going from house to house, he dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Can you imagine? Can you imagine what, you know, just imagine what happened. So obviously people could not meet again. You know, people who are afraid to gather together because meeting means there is a risk of someone busting into into your fellowship and arresting people and putting people into prison. So what happened? People scattered everywhere, of course, naturally. People scattered everywhere. But I'm so surprised. Even when they scattered, they did not go into self-preservation mode. You know, and that's why I want to warn everyone who is listening to me, If you're a believer, you're a child of God, you are listening to me, whether now, you know, just for the sake of uh, record, today is March 29th, uh, 2020. In case somebody is watching this two, three, four, five years from now, we are going through a moment of coronavirus pandemic. All right. So I'm challenging people. If you're a child of God, this is not the time to just say, you know what? I just want to focus on me. No the gospel must still be preached look at what happened in verse 4 those who had been scattered preached the word everywhere they went wow wow i mean that is the difference you know i mean if you are can you imagine now they've lost you know by the time you're running away you've lost your house you've you've abandoned everything you have you don't even know where, where you are going to eat you don't even know i mean you have to beg people to hide you in their houses But you know what what they did? They still continue to preach the gospel. So I want to challenge you. This is not the time to stop preaching the gospel. In fact, there's an enormous opportunity for us to continue to preach the gospel, share good messages, share it online. You know, even though we we are practicing social distancing, you know, we can use every tool that is available to us to still share the gospel, share scripture, tell them about Jesus. See, this is not the time, you know, to pontificate, you know, to share, you know, the deepest, the deepest prophetic knowledge that you have. You know, this is not the time to do that. This is not the time to over-spiritualize. it. I've seen a lot, some of people who are over-spiritualizing, looking for deep spiritual meaning connecting all the dots you know of illuminati you know the new world order the ai technology that the enemy is trying to put chips the mark of the beast on everybody i mean we see all these things somebody did something about this is because of the 5g technology i mean i'm also seeing a lot of you know anti-vaccine movement this is a ploy by the government i mean a lot of people are proving to be spiritual The fact is, what does that do to anyone? How does that edify? How does that help someone that is afraid? You know, how does that help someone that, no, 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 no. this is a time people need the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. At the end of the day, we know everyone is scared, (laughs) scared about their future, scared about their job, scared about their mortality. We know everyone is afraid, and we have something to help them we need to point them to jesus the author and finisher of our faith we need to send them something that can help them and we need to show love people have lost loved ones in this we need to show they don't need to know uh, this is because of mark of the beast this, they don't need all that they just need love all right let's leave that to an expert don't try to get into that may the lord bless you in jesus name i want to end up by giving you some practical tools some practical tools, you know, because I believe that crises are also opportunities, all right? Especially any form of crisis, but especially crises that we didn't bring, that we didn't cause. You know, even though the enemy cost in a way, they are also God's gift. And that's why I tie to my message, Never Waste a Crisis. I want you to turn to your neighbor if you are watching with somebody let's do church all right let's do church turn to your neighbor and tell them never waste a crisis all right if you are watching alone you can say it to yourself or get a mirror and say it to the mirror never waste a crisis <laughs> hallelujah you know somebody made this statement popular you know about uh, 12 years ago i believe in 2008 or so Uh, Rahm Emanuel, who was uh, uh, President Obama's chief of staff, you know, during that crisis in 2008, he made that statement. He said, You never let a serious crisis go to waste. You never let a serious crisis go to waste. Now, he didn't really originate that statement. That statement was, first of all, uh, uh, mentioned by Winston Churchill. Hello, Winston Churchill hallelujah Winston Churchill Churchill he was the Prime Minister of Britain during the Second World War he was the one that led Britain you know to, uh, to victory during the Second World War in the 1945 or so he made that statement first say never waste a good crisis you know because you see crises come and go you know they are a reality of life now it's a fact now there's nothing you can do right we are two weeks or so into this crisis in the united states all right so it's here coronavirus pandemic is here uh, but it's going to go hallelujah at least i can assure you that the crisis will come and will go and let me tell you this will not be the last crisis in the world the world has seen this this will not be so crisis will come and go i mean and we must know that in fact Ecclesiastes chapter 3 tells us there's time for everything. There's a season for every activity on earth. That means every activity on earth, good or bad, we always have a season. All right? You know, if you look at verse 8 of that, of he that, said in, in the second part of verse 8, he said a time for war and a time for peace. We're in a time for war now. Now, it's a biological warfare, but it's war. right is war. if you've seen those doctors the way they dress you know it's war this is serious war all right so this is crisis you know the way never to waste a crisis is to acknowledge the crisis i mean we can't wish it away is here it's our reality whether we like it or not you know it is the reality but we must know that crisis will come and go the same way this crisis came Is the same way it will go we are praying and believing God it will go sooner but I can tell you it will go hallelujah it will go so I think if you have that in your mind it gives you you know a mindset to be able to take advantage of it you you know that you know it will come and it will go number two there is no need to stress over what you can't control all right You know, you can't control it, all right? No need to stress. Many of you are stressing, oh, what's going to happen to my children? You know, my children's school. Your children are not going to become dumb because of three months staying at home. I mean, so some things you just can't control. This is not anybody's fault. You know, don't go crazy over, you know, what's going to happen to this, or the plan I have for the year. You know, that's that's not something to worry about, right? This is not something you brought to yourself. This is not something you cost, right? So there's no need to stress. Of all the things to stress about in the world, one of them should not be things you cannot control, all right? So I can't control this, so I don't need to stress over it. I don't need to, you know, I don't need to stress over who is doing a good job, who is not doing a good job. I don't need to stress over what I'm going to do. No, 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 no. Just relax, all right? God is in control. Tell yourself, I can't control this. God can." Hallelujah. In fact, Matthew 6:27 gives us a very powerful advice. Jesus asked, "Can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? See, you can't. You know, worry and stress cannot help you during this moment. You know, worry and stress cannot help you. So you can add a single hour. So In fact, you can take away hours or days or years from your life by stressing over what is going on, all right? So there's no need to stress over what you cannot control. Hallelujah. Number three, find out the opportunities this crisis presents to you, all right? You see, one thing about crisis, (laughs) crisis in some ways are God's way of removing many options from you. All right? Because now so many options are no longer there. You know, so that you can focus on one thing or just a few things for that season. And you don't have to feel guilty. All right you don't have to be guilty because you didn't cause it i mean you can't go to work you can't run around you can go and see everybody that you are supposed to see that make you guilty that you you have not come to see them i mean you you don't have to do this a lot of things that this crisis have, has removed from you all right and you can feel guilty about it so in some ways there are opportunities for you to focus on a few things. For some of us, maybe it's an opportunity to discover yourself. Maybe an opportunity to discover there are some things you can do. Before now, you didn't think you can stay home for a week, you know, by yourself. Before now, maybe you didn't think you can teach your children. I mean, now you discover. There are so many skills. Before now, maybe you didn't even think you can cook. before now, many of you you must eat out three times a day. You thought you were gonna die if you don't eat out three times a day. I mean, you are learning some things now. I want you to, but take it seriously. Say, you know, what opportunities do, does this price crisis present to me? It might be an opportunity to learn some things. It might be an opportunity to develop your spiritual life. Some of you now, maybe you've never prayed like this before. You've never been closer to God like this before. You need this crisis to bring you to your knees and to really, really, really begin to pray, begin to study the word. For some of you, you know, this might be an opportunity to learn something, maybe to develop yourself. Some of you, maybe your career, you needed some time to really study, to really learn, to really do something that you've never done before. You know, find out the opportunities that this crisis presents to you. You know, because that opportunity might never come again. This crisis is over. You know what? Life goes back to normal. Some of those things, some of those things that you needed to do, you have to go back to do them. Some of you have a little more time now. You know, on your hand, why don't you take advantage of you, of it? I may the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Ephesians five sixteen says, "Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days." Can you believe that? an evil day but full of opportunity I want you to remind yourself yeah this is bad this is crazy people are dying people are getting sick we're getting bad news everywhere these are evil days but there are opportunities for people who have spiritual eyes buried in the midst of those evil days, I want you to find it out and the Holy Spirit will lead you, It will speak to you, and you'll be able to find it. Number four, focus on what God is doing in the midst of the crisis. I want you to let you know in the middle of this crisis, God is still doing something. Let's focus on that. Focus. I sent an email um, a few days ago. I mean, we've had one of our sisters, you know, defended her PhD on Thursday, and the Lord gave her favor this is something that she's had serious problem with almost got kicked out of that same program right when she told me she was going on Thursday I said don't worry about that this is COVID-19 nobody has time to be mean on anyone all right she you know maybe God set it up everybody's afraid of COVID-19 now they're not going to try to fail a student all right they have you know so you know it went very quickly and the Lord gave her favor you know one of our sisters you know, got into a residency program. This is something she didn't get into last year. You know, the Lord gave her a favor. One of our sisters got a job. I mean, somebody, you know, the Lord saved them from accident. I mean, there are still great things going on. Let's focus on that. You know, let's rob the enemy of trying to get all our attention on the evil he's doing. Alright, John the Baptist sent a message to Jesus and said, you know, when he was in prison, you know, he thought everything about him, about life, was the fact that he was in prison. Now it was a bad news that John the Baptist was in prison. But John just wanted to make everything about that. In fact, he wanted to rob Jesus Christ and he said, Go and ask Jesus, are you the one that is to come or we should look for another? What did Jesus say? Jesus said, Go back and tell John. The blind receive sight. The lame walk; those who have leprosy are cleansed; the deaf hear, and the dead are raised, and the good news is being proclaimed to the world. I tell you, the good news is being proclaimed to the world. You know, it looked like Facebook was actually made for the church. (laughs) Now we see, Facebook. I mean, you you turn on Facebook now, everybody is a preacher on Facebook. I mean, it just looked like even churches that didn't have online setup, they can quickly go on facebook with a phone or an ipad and they are fine you know so something some good things are coming out of this let's focus on that hallelujah and the last thing i want to talk about document lessons learned you know as believers we must document the lessons that we are learning some of us now we are now realizing you know some of the time-tested lessons of having savings because of time. many of us ignore that you're like nothing's gonna happen you know I mean having some savings three months worth of my income you know some things we've neglected as you're going through this I want you to write things down and say you know what these are lessons learned because one thing about life is people tend to forget when things get better but we must not be like children of Israel that we go through crisis and after the crisis, we get back to our normal. No, this must, this must change all of us. It must change us for the better. It was, it must, you know, so, but the best way to do that is to make sure we're right. These are lessons learned. I want you to start a note for yourself and say COVID-19 lessons learned, right, for G.D. Lauri. You are now going to write them down so that you can revisit them because our mind has a way of tricking us so that we forget hallelujah thank you very much for joining me i'd like to shout out to a few people hallelujah we actually had somebody that joined us for the first time hallelujah hallelujah that i'm going to shout out to i got a message from um our social media director uh andrea smith who is also another new viewer she's turn, she's turning in from jamaica god bless you andrea Thank you very much. If you send us your address in Jamaica, we actually will mail you something from our church for watching us today. May God bless you. I want us to pray. But I want us to pray for if you're here, you know, maybe you are sick in your body. If you're here, you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ and you want to accept him as your personal Lord and Savior. If you're watching, you know, you have any challenge, I want you to do something. Put your hands on your chest. And I'm going to pray for you. If you want to know Jesus, you want to say, I want to accept Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior. Or I want to return back to him. I used to know him, but I don't anymore. I want you to just repeat after me. I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for me. Because you rose again the third day because of me. And I give my life to you today. I accept your sacrifice. Forgive me of my sin. And Lord, make me your child today. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to pray for you if you are sick in your body. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for anyone watching, you know, suffering from coronavirus or suffering from any form of ailment. I want you to touch that place. I pray that your healing power will rest over them in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray where are, whether it's in the hospital room, in their houses. I pray that your healing power, Holy Spirit, will invade that room now and flow through that body and bring supernatural healing in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.